0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our little green pasture. Praise the Lord. Amen. Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. O King of Saints who shall not fear thee and call upon thy name. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I don't see who's here, but I'm glad you're here because I know why you're here. You're here for the same reason really I am, because of him. So praise the Lord. Anyways, um, before I get started, I am going to pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, it is with great joy that I lift my voice unto you upon high. That I look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who with joy set before him, endured the cross, despised its shame, and is now set down at the right hand of God. Lord, I have so much joy today and privilege with humbleness of heart. That Lord, to be here, to be only just a vessel. Lord. A humble one, because you are everything, Lord. And I just pray that today you would flow forth through this humble vessel. I must decrease that you will increase, like John the Baptist said. Lord, dwell in the midst of us as you dwell in the midst of all the earth, working salvation in the midst of all the earth. And guide me, Lord, by your spirit and anoint this message. And I pray that you yourself will feed your sheep and your own lambs and that Lord, they will drink to the full in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. You know, before I get started, I want to do a couple of announcements. You know, there's a woman named Margaret Alberici and she had reached out to me and she's an author. And she said, Joni, I want to send a book I've written to you. And I was like, okay. And so not only did she send me one, but she sent a few. And she said, I sent you a few so you can give them away. Well, I have to say, I was so impressed. And of course, I'm not a flatterer. I don't believe in flattery. This is not about flattery. And I would never do that at all, ever. But I'm just telling you the truth. This book... Becoming a Prayer Warrior. She's a Prayer Warrior, and I have read so many books on prayer, and you know, the really good ones too that go back in the day. But I got to tell you, you know, like when I went through the contents of this book and I was reading portions of it, I was like, "Wow, she is awesome." Um, she really put this work together. I, I have to say, um, I don't really read any books on prayer not of modern age but i will tell you what she did here i am in awe of it so i um have been in contact with her and i said well um i would like to you know talk about your book a little bit and and let people perhaps if i can get like an amazon account or an amazon link they can maybe get one and she said no i don't charge for it I give them away for free. So, you guys want this book. I mean, seriously, it is so awesome. I mean, look at the contents. I know you can't see them at all, but the contents are so amazing. I mean, she really breaks down biblically in such an excellent way that it just doesn't get you all pumped up in the flesh and like, okay, I'm going to pray. But it's biblical, rooting, grounding, and understanding who you are praying to and it's so rich and alive okay so i'm not going to go on further because i have something else i want to share i will leave her email in the description box below so make sure you contact her to get yourself a copy because she did an awesome job and i am so proud of her as a fellow laborer a co-laborer a yoke fellow in the kingdom and fields of the lord in this world also, uh, many of you, you may not know, I've had Rena Groot on, and she has this awesome, amazing course. Uh, they're always six-week courses, um, I believe. And she just finished a course, and she's starting a new one. And she's so it's, it's a fresh, brand-new course starting on September the 30th. And, you know, it's all about her courses are about um speaking healing into people's lives biblically to so many people mostly probably women and of course there's all kinds of people that can benefit from if you're a man dive in join it um but it's it's that people have believed lies about themselves and they never get forward they're always in a state of being wounded they can't get healed um It's, it's about overcoming overwhelming and silencing these lies once and for all. I mean, I used to, I used to like believe lies about myself until I had to learn, you know, on my own. And I wish I would have known about this course. This is a, you know, she started it rather not that long ago, but you know, the Lord helped me through it on my own, but had this course been back then, I would have definitely taken it. I do, I am, every one of these uh, courses has a video from somebody who gives a short, brief word pertaining to what's going on in the part of that book. I have a little video I do and I speak in it. So I am privileged to be a part of that work. So I will leave the link to Broken to Beautiful. That's what it's called. And it is this one is on how to rise above and overwhelm and silence the lies. So I think this one's going to be great. So if you don't know anyone that's hurting or could be yourself, definitely the link is below. Contact Arena, Get involved. You're not going to ever be sorry that you did. Okay. So today I want to talk more about spiritual abuse. I did a video last time about the spiritual abuser and you know that is that is quite a subject to go over because now i spiritual abuse has been ongoing since the bible days but we live right now but we have the bible and we look at what's written in the bible to see directly what spiritual abuse really is now we have a word for it today and we call it spiritual narcissism Some, and we also look at it as a spirit of Jezebel, and Jezebel was a wicked queen. She was a wife of King Ahab, and uh, but I'm not going to get into that today. There's so many YouTube uh, videos out there that I could recommend to you, Um, or just, you know, ask people that you know, but the point is, it is a spirit. It is a spirit that gets a hold of people, and it could be a man, it could be a woman, it's in marriages, it's in relationships, and so forth. And after I did that last video, I was speaking with a friend of mine named Francis, and I said, Francis, I feel like there's so much more, like there's more to it than that. Well, the day that we had spoken, I was having a little chat about with someone about Suicides in the Bible, and there are seven mentioned suicides in the Bible. Now, four of them were people that were called of God or worked directly for God, for uh, a king, and they had a noble position as leadership. Um, they were called to be a king. They were called to be. One of them was a disciple. Um, and let me just look at it really quick here. Um, we look at Saul, who was a king. He took a sword and fell on it. Uh, we look at Saul's armor bearer, who was affected by Saul's demise, and he takes, he likewise fell upon his sword and died. We look at Ahithophel, who was David's trusted counselor. And when he spoke, his words were like that of the oracle of God. So he had a high position. Of everybody going, if anybody's words were like the Oracle of God, everybody was attentive to him. Like, oh, if he said it, it must be so. We'll we'll go according to his counsel. And he counseled King David. It says that his, his, his counsel, he gave counsel to Absalom, the usurper son of David. And his counsel was not followed. So he had self-pity for himself. And he got him to his own house, to his city, and put his house in order, and he hanged himself. And then we know about Judas, right? He was one of the 12. He was given the same power to go out, to cast out evil spirits, to heal everybody. that he. I mean, he was anointed just like the other 11 disciples. But there was just something not right in him. And so we look at these four men who, and I kind of want to, take away Saul's armor bearer and set him aside for a second. But just look at the three, Saul, Ahithophel, David's counselor, and Judas. And so we see people who have been given positions of power from God. And there's a lot of responsibility to that. In fact, I agree when it says by Paul, not many of you should think to become many masters for in so doing, you will receive the greater damnation condemnation not damnation condemnation i believe that's james chapter 4 verse 1 so let me again stick that over to the side because there is another man now he we don't know that he, it doesn't say he committed suicide but today i want to like i said i'm not just going to be i'm starting off with people obviously that had a call on their life okay you have a call on your life too so don't think that when you're reading about certain people that you're ousted that you're back there you're sitting behind you're in the shadows because you're not don't ever believe that that is such a lie from the enemy again just like rena is teaching you biblically how to silence the lies of the enemy you know that 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 is really why i'm here it's like you know thy word his word is a light and it brings light. It's a spiritual light to expose the light the uh false light of Satan. And so this addendum so to speak of spiritual abuse, I want to talk about spiritual suicide and sins of disposition. You know, I was listening to somebody yesterday and he was a pastor and he was talking about um you know uh spiritual abuse and all these things i was just kind of curious about it but because he's a pastor and the message was excellent but i thought to myself there was parts of it that he was saying where i said i understand in my mind i understand you're a pastor and i understand you're talking to leadership and that's fine it must be but you see there's those of us that don't have a building neither do we want one But we are in our own homes as wives, as mothers, as friends, as daughters, as brothers, as sisters, and whoever you are. And that the spirit that is in us by Jesus Christ is meant to produce fruit and not just be a pew sitter. You have work to do. In fact, just let me say this. I know I'm rabbit trailing, but I was thinking today about so many stories i've read about people who have died and went to heaven many of them came back and said uh that jesus had spoken to them and said it is not your time to be here um i'm going to send you back there's more for you to do and that just so spoke to me today because i thought you know what he spoke these things to people that were in their 30s and had probably a job at you know some little retail store um i know people who have gone there i i was i know please just bear with me i was remembering a story of that was told to me probably two decades ago and this woman told me that her sister-in-law had passed away some time ago but she had passed away before and she went she was hemorrhaging within her body she went to the hospital she died they brought her back to life but when she came you know when she was able to speak um she said I went to heaven I saw the Lord and he said to me you know you are welcome to stay here I'll be happy with whatever decision you make something like that but if you want to go back there's more work for you and she said I want to go back well she had an unsaved husband and a son and before she died she saw this flood of blood before her eyes and then she went into her body well A couple of months later, she passed away, but when she came back, her husband and her son came to Christ Jesus in a true and wonderful way and was saved. And then she died of a hemorrhage and went to heaven. So the point I'm making is it's not just about, I want to break through the stereotypical you know government church government and this and that it's like jesus christ is lord he's lord of heaven and earth satan may be on here on this earth wreaking havoc but our god reigns and the god that we serve lives in you he rules and reigns in you but he has his workers and he uses people that will seem to speak the same thing as you they will it's it's like that if it walks like a duck if it talks like a duck if it quacks like a duck it's a duck okay but many of us have been abused and many of us have had calls on our life where we didn't understand the abuse spiritual abuse so we allowed ourselves to commit spiritual suicide and you know what? That spirit is a, a very powerful spirit. You know, it says in Revelation chapter two, it talks about that spirit of Jezebel. It said that even God, you know, it said that she came into, you know, says that you, that Jezebel, you allowed her to come in. And we know what that's all about. You know, so some people will like to say the spirit of Jezebel postmodern understanding of psychology would say narcissism but i'm not going to stay on that point you could watch this video that i made a few days ago called the spiritual abuser so i want to talk about this other gentleman um it says in third john 9 9 through 11 he said john is saying this i wrote unto the church but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them receiveth us not wherefore if I come I will remember his deeds which he doeth prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church beloved follow not that which is evil but that which is good he that doeth good is of God But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Um, I would like to read something else. because, uh, uh, Because, well, let me just stay on that for just one couple of minutes here. You know, so here is a person that we see who has a disposition. Obviously, he has his own church. He's obviously some kind of a leader. But he has a different love. He loves himself. He loves the preeminence. He And this cannot even be, I mean, and of course, this can transfer over to a spouse and to a friend. But let's talk about leadership, okay? It says he loves to have the preeminence among the people. He says, but they, he doesn't receive us. You see, and I love that because, you see, there is a division. And there must always be her divisions and heresy. There must always be heresies, right? Um, John says in 1 John, so that we may know who is of us and who's of them. There's always darkness and there's always light. And so he said, but he doesn't receive us. You know why? Because there's two people, there's two kinds of love here. See, the people that love themselves, it's always going to be about them. It's always going to be about extracting uh, um, uh, praise and audience, applaud, accolade. But I would take this to mean that obviously when he says he didn't receive us, that's because they went there and all kinds of chaos was going on. So whatever that man was preaching at his altar or not altar in his church, He was telling people, you know, about them. He was trashing them with malicious words. And notice he was not content. You notice spiritual abusers are never content. They're always demanding. They're always, you know, everything is directed to them. It's actually exhausting. They they are exhausting people. But you know, the thing with them is there's a spirit that's working in them. And there's also something in them that is always at work that how do I put it? There's like they're they're like a two-sided coin. There's a part of them that probably may really love you, but there's another part of them that hates you. Because you see, they see something in you, just like Diotrephes saw something in John and his men, something he didn't have, something that he wanted to destroy. I'm going to separate myself from them. I don't want to be with them because that means all the attention will go to them. You know why? Because Diotrephes knew they were the real thing. I heard that pastor I was listening to yesterday. How did he put it? He said, people that are uh, in service to the Lord, they, um, I forget what it is. They have influence. They have resources. um, But I forget what it was. But those people that are spiritual narcissists, spiritual abusers, spirit of Jezebel, whatever you want to call it, they see it as money, fame, and power. Their hearts are not in loving you and helping you. It's what they can get from you to keep up some false lie. They're believing about themselves. I think of Simon uh, Bar-Jonas. Was it uh, Simon Magus? Remember, he said uh, he heard the preaching of Philip and his men. And obviously, we read about that in chapter, I believe, 8 of Acts, and he apparently gets saved, baptized, and continues with them for a while. Well, he's watching them laying hands on people and receiving the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he gets them aside and he says, how much will it cost me to have this power, this spirit? And Philip you know Peter Peter heard about it went there but you know he was rebuked and he said thy money perish with you for I perceive your heart is not right with Jesus Christ he said for you are in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity therefore you shall go about blinded in a mist you know um, that is a good example see they're always thinking what could I get for me but it doesn't work like that you know I was talking about spiritual suicide you know I look at Saul Saul was chosen and anointed and he was given everything kingdom earthly power even physical anointed power he'd go out to war but then something bubbled up within him. Something where he he got that, that power in him, that all power as king. And twice he disobeyed God. And God spoke through Samuel and said, your kingdom is being torn from you and given to a man after God's own heart. And he knew it was David. And Saul went from, eyeing david to becoming depressed a spirit came upon him he became depressed um he was angry because the women were singing david has saul has killed his thousands and david his tens of thousands and then a jealousy came over him and then he wanted to kill him and then he was lying about him and then he was then he realized god had left him because he went to go see the witch of Endor to try to call up Samuel because God would not answer him anymore because God was done with that man. And so Samuel told him this day, tomorrow, you and all your sons are going to die in battle. And, the, and it happened. You know what? Saul felt sorry for himself. He even said, isn't anybody here feel sorry for me? He even said those words. You see, something happens. There's something about sins of disposition. And so those sins in that man come forward. And people that are spiritual abusers, spiritual narcissists, they can have been given a call. But if they see you and your calling, and it's a true calling, because many times God never called them, but they're self called, self styled leadership, pastors kind of know-it-alls and I don't really like to call that about people but notice they always know everything they talk over everybody you can't get a word in edgewise but you know what happens that spirit in them begins to attack you and be, and it be, it's confusing because on one hand you're seeing this person that knows the word that's dynamic even charismatic fun to be around even but there's a darkness in them and i have seen people look at saul had a calling on his life king of israel and look what happened to him he killed himself i'm not here talking about literal death to ourselves but you know what i'm talking about a spiritual suicide on your calling you see, because spiritual narcissists have the—how do I put it? I want to be careful. They work by the enemy's power, and I want to talk about that because you have to be able to identify it and see it and be intelligent about it. Let me let me just go forward with this, okay? In Proverbs 23: 1 through 9. It says, when thou sittest to eat with the ruler, consider diligently what is put before thee and put a knife to thy throat. If thou be a man given to appetite, do not be desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. And then he says something else. I'm going to skip down. It says, eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. Neither desire thou his dainty meats, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. And the morsel which thou hast eaten, thou shalt vomit it up and lose thy sweet words. Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Look, there's always loss when it comes to that. And look, notice how they spread a table. Okay, when thou sittest eat with the ruler, these people make themselves roar. And, you know, it's really interesting. Yes, there's a ton of women with a Jezebel spirit, with a spiritual narcissistic thing. But there are so many husbands out there um, that beat their wives down. They may see that their wife is really moving in the Lord. And it makes them feel smaller. It makes them feel like uh, they're less. And they they become jealous of the Lord. And so they start to work to beat the Lord down. And they become the ruler of their wife and not the husband anymore. See, because what these spiritual narcissists do is they want to rule over you. And when it says here, when thou sittest to eat with the ruler, that means he has a table. She has a table. They invite you to, to sit at. And, but he's telling you consider diligently what is put before you because there's cost to it and it's going to be a knife to your throat because he wants something from you you're not sitting at his or her table because he or she loves you in fact there is no love but you see he wants there's something about seeing you know in the bible everything is about seeing God's trying to open up your eyes to whoever it is in your life, whether you're in a church, whether you're in a Bible study, or someone you're married to, or there is somebody that you call your friend today, that God wants to open up your eyes. It's all about seeing. It's all about seeing spiritually. Because once you begin to see and understand these kinds of people, there's no talking to them. There's no discussing. There's no trying to uh, show them what it says in the Bible. Because when that spirit takes over them, that spirit's there to still kill and to destroy you. That is what spiritual abusers are all about and that spirit takes over see there's a part of them that may love or really like you but when that spirit comes in you're you're dealing with a demon you're dealing with a demon that wants to kill you and that spirit do not don't argue with it put it out now i know you're married or if you're married you're like but Joni, i'm married again um i'm going to add some resources with the other resources I shared with you below with some good uh, links I'm going to send you to that I believe will totally help you. One of them is from Margaret Alberici. Um, And she took this course and I read about it and it was awesome. So let me keep going. So it says here, and he puts a knife to your throat if you be a man given to appetite. So these rulers see that you are a person, you have an appetite for the Lord. Okay. And so a lot of times they zero in on people that are most of the time, actually, all the time, they zero in on people that they think are weak. Okay. And they will, like I said, they'll they'll prepare a table before them and it'll be, like it says in Old English, do not be desirous of his dainties. That's just a way to say his exquisite food. Okay. It says it's deceit this deceitful food and it talks about labor not to be rich and cease from thine own wisdom because you see if you don't have that wisdom and that discernment that comes only from above then you're gonna go like an ox to the slaughterhouse let me keep going it says will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not you know look be careful remember i told you it's all about seeing. You know, God wants you to see spiritually through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not seeing, let this word, these words that I'm speaking, I pray Jesus empower those words and that you receive your sight. In Jesus name. That you receive your sight. And that your ears be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That inner ear that knows only his voice. And it goes on to say, "Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye." Because you know why his evil is eye is evil towards you all the time. You're eating his food. You think he likes you. You think he cares about you. He's putting before you the best of his food, but he's got a knife to your throat and you don't even know it yet. It says again, "Don't desire his dainty meats, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he." He says even these words, "Eat and drink." I think of the gospel, you know, that words were found and I did eat them, right? And I think of the living water that you drink and you'll never thirst again. So he's offering this counterfeit way of bringing you into his table. And he says to you, he he says these things, eat and drink, say he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. And what you ate, even the morsel that you eat, you'll vomit it up and you will lose your sweet words. So there's always loss with them. Always loss. And so what you're gonna lose is uh, your freedom and your joy. Notice there's never any love with them. There's conditions. You have to keep them happy. You know what you become? You become their employee. They become your employer. Next thing you do, now you're like one of those wind up uh, little monkeys with a little red vest and a fez, right? And the crank music is going and you're doing some little dance because that's what you become. And I'll tell you something, Saul, he had his chance. He had a calling of God, but he committed suicide because there was something in him that was in rebellion to God. His rebellion was as the sin of witchcraft. And he died by going to a witch because he was seeking other power. Let's look at Saul's armor bearer. You know, I think about, oh, not, again, we're not going to do Saul's armor bearer, Ahithophel, he was David's counselor. All of a sudden it takes one person that says, you know, you can read about it yourself in 2 Samuel chapter 17, where David's companion, Hushai, went to Absalom and said to him, after Ahithophel had told Absalom, you know, we need to go to war against your father because, you know, he's weak, he's with all his men, and, and if you give me an army, we can come upon him and he's all weak and we'll we'll destroy him and kill him and right then Hushai comes in Absalom says well oh well what do you think Hushai this is what such and such what Ahithophel counseled but what sayest thou and he said well the counsel that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time for you know your father that he and his men you know your father and his men that they be men of war Mighty men of war, and if they be at any way chafed in their mind, you're going to have a big problem on your hands and so at that, he killed himself. Look at what was in him the whole time. Look at Judas, oh yeah, Judas did a couple things here, and there were people who were like, "What's up with him? But let me tell you something: God chose Judas, and Judas had time to repent. Judas was not called to die. Judas was called. To have one of the 12 foundations that are in heaven Judas was called to have one of his names on the gates of heaven and he had time to repent but he felt sorry for himself because he had thought he had wanted he had expected that Jesus was going to overtake the Roman government so he killed himself and Jesus didn't want him to die God in the Old Testament didn't want Saul to die there is work for them to do, and so I'm not going to keep going with that i want to I want to say this you know love is not a thing of enthusiastic emotion; it is a rich, strong, hearty, vigorous, vibrant expression of the whole round Christian life of the whole round Christian character the christ like nature in its Fullest. You know why I say that to you right now? Someone wrote to me and said, "How do you um, are these people saved?" I said, "Look, ultimately I cannot answer that question. Ultimately, Christ can only answer that question, but I'm always going to turn to the Bible to see what does the Bible say." You know, First Corinthians it says, uh, "Love is not provoked." You can read the whole thing about what love is. Love is patient, it's kind, it doesn't envy, and so forth. It's you know, but so I want to read something to you here, out of my notes from one of my favorite authors, and he wrote the Bible again and again returns to condemn as one of the most destructive elements in human nature, the compatibility of ill-temper with high moral character as being one of the most strangest, saddest, and destructive of the problems in the body of Christ. The truth is there are two classes of sins, sins of the body and sins of disposition. The prodigal, for instance, may be taken as a type of the first meaning, the first meaning of the sins of the body. The elder brother of the second, which is sins of disposition. We have no balance to weigh one another's sins. But I would say that faults in a higher nature may be less pardonable than those in the lower. And to the eye of him who is love, a sin against love may seem a hundred times more base. You see, then why temper is significant. It is an indication of an unloving nature at the bottom. It is the intermittent fever which bespeaks an unintermittent disease within the occasional bubble escaping to the surface which betrays some rottenness underneath it is a sampling of the hidden products of a poisoned soul dropped involuntarily when one's off when one's guard is off in a word the lightning form of a hundred hideous unchristian sins you know what i'm going to overemphasize that god is love Like in the beginning, when John said diatrophies, he wouldn't receive us. He wanted the preeminence. He's not content. He's always miserable. You know, I'll tell you something. I've lived quite a while now, and I've seen and observed for myself so many people who came under the power of that demonic spirit, that spirit of Jezebel and the call that they had on their life to be what God wanted them to be, that they come under the power of that spirit until they had no more love in their life, no more joy. They lived it and they went to live in the shadows. And they took their own self out. And that is what spiritual abuse is, is it's meant to steal, kill, and to destroy your call in the Lord to shine like the sun, to shine like the stars in their firmament, because you've let you were supposed to lead many unto righteousness. If there is, see, I would say, and I say it very carefully, I doubt they're saved. Now, the ultimate one that can know that is Jesus. The Lord God knoweth them that are his. First Timothy 2.19. I don't. However, if John knew it, then so should you. And so should me. So should everybody. Because let me tell you something. God is love and it's not some outward expression because any narcissist that's how they draw people in but it's like what that man said that I read to you and you know Jesus says take my yoke and learn of me for I am meek and lowly of heart and ye shall find rest for your souls and you know, finally, he says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And you know what? All of these narcissists, these spiritual narcissists that are going around wreaking havoc and bringing destruction to people who are alive in Christ, you know. Paul the Apostle says in Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy unto the Israel of God. And this is the rule that you are to walk in. This is the path God has for you. And own your walk. Be independent. Don't just be a follower. And if you begin to detect somebody, a relationship, you cannot, you have to get rid of these relationships. Because there never, it's always going to be chaos, confusion, and you are going to be, your time, that's another thing. One last thing, I know it's 40, I'm going 43 minutes um i was thinking about this today you know what he's a satan's a robber of your time on earth and if he can get you all always trying to defend yourself always trying to explain i like what this pastor said you notice with people who are spiritual abusers they're the only ones that you're always having to rehearse what you're going to say and they want to always do all the talking they're not listening to anything you're saying i'm telling you That was a a good word that that man had. But I'll tell you something. I'm standing on the side of the Lord where love is. And I have tasted of the Lord that he is good. And I know that these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You know, there's a missionary that went to the Great Lakes in the 1800s. And he spent 15 years with the natives there in Africa and never even learned their language. I don't think he learned it for a long time. And they said, even years later, their descendants said, oh, we know who that man is. Our descendants didn't understand our, uh, you know, family back then. They did not understand a word that he said, but they recognized his love. And I'll tell you something. That is what Jesus comes to do, to love you and to heal you and to build you up and to make you a mighty fruit bearing tree. And to strengthen you and to give you boldness and access and faith and to flourish and to bud and to nourish everybody around you. Don't sit at anybody's table that's offering you their dainties. Don't desire them. There's a knife that's waiting for your throat. They are meaning to kill you off. You know that saying? um keep your friends close but your enemies closer that's what they do and you know what that is the enemy and have nothing to do with them i'll tell you you know what we are in this world and it is a hard place to be but i'll tell you what praise the lord god doesn't want us to be afraid of that spirit and god has given us power from on high to chase that spirit out of our life and to be able in a human way to say, you're not, you're not going to take over my life anymore. You cannot be in my life. And I spoke about a woman that I could not believe she had a PhD. She was powerful. And I had, I was brought to that place to say those words. We can no longer have a relationship. I wish you well, do not contact me again. You know, I didn't have any ill will towards her. And, you know, I think about what it even says, that God gave Jezebel and the people there space to repent. Whoever that Jezebel woman who called herself a prophetess, God must have had a love for her, too, because he was giving her space to repent. He gives them space to repent. So this is not about dogging on the spiritual abuser and stomping on them. They may never change, but you can change the things that are touching you. Do not let Satan rob you through these people. Because Satan comes to steal, kill and to destroy and to take up all your earthly time. You only get one go around here. Don't give it up. Hold fast your crown and love in the love of Jesus Christ. And I pray that that prayer Jesus prayed in John 17 the last words that he was said to his father, that Father, that the love that is in you that the the love you have for me May be in them and I in them. And if Christ is truly in a person, like it says here, for Christ in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. Walk according to that rule. Don't ever allow, don't commit spiritual suicide. Ever. There's things for you to do still. God even sends people back into their body because he says there's still things that you must do because God is, the father is to reveal his son in you to other people who are lost. Do you understand that? So don't ever allow anybody, don't ever sit at the table of any of those people who try to rule over you and will have a knife to thy throat. Their heart isn't with you. Stand strong in the Lord, be independent. There's a power to that, that they're jealous of. and We don't do it to make them jealous. We do it because we are powerfully in love with Christ. And Christ is powerfully in love with us. And we dive headfirst into it, right? So remember, Jesus gave you a commandment to love one another. If you don't see that love and your love is being quenched, get away and obey the lord's command and do not kill off by your own hand your joy you chase the devil out of your life he doesn't belong there only christ does amen great and marvelous are his works or lord lord god almighty just and true are his ways O King of Saints, praise the Lord. We're going to be singing that one day very soon. Be strong in the Lord and in his might. Rise up and go forth and shine like the sun in the kingdom of your father.